I am joined right now by Paul White. You know him from his work in the ring, uh, on the mic, and you can see him on another new season of Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Uh, season five's coming out um, August thirteenth. Uh, this was a quick yep. turnaround. We just we we talked a few months ago. Season four was coming out. You made your debut as Palindrome. Um, talk about. You know, talk about the turnaround. Like, what's it like getting another shot at uh, playing this character and having, you know, another shot at being part of the the Fast family? It's pretty cool to be a part of that franchise. I mean, this is a, obviously this is a different extension of the franchise. This franchise is more uh, kids and, and family oriented. So this, uh, the Spy Racers is kind of designed for the kids to kick back and enjoy that and uh, you know, find some characters that they can identify with, and the stories are a little bit more um, younger audience driven. So, for me, I always love doing stuff like that and be a part of that. So, it's really cool that they invited me back to do some more. So, uh, that's pretty flattering. Um, you know, if, uh, if you get a call back, that means you did something right. I got a chance to watch some of this season before uh, we got to chat today. Uh, Last season, yeah. it seemed like, uh, you know, you had, came in as a mysterious character and maybe had it like a little bit of a babyface turn at the end. What can people expect from season five this time from you and just, you know, the show in general? What? Me having a turn? No, never. I've, no, I've never, never heard of that. <laughs> Never, not at all. Paul White having a turn? Uh, no, it was, it was great because this character um, actually um, got a chance to grow a lot. I mean, originally Palindrome was a very driven, um, you know, very driven character, kind of one goal oriented, getting the bad guys, putting him back in jail. That's what he does. That's his name. That's Palindrome. To you know, to really expanding and finding a lot of. Um, I guess a lot of family environment because, you know, the Spy Race is just like the main Fast and Furious franchise is driven by family. And I think Palindrome found a lot in, in the kids in the, in the Spy Racers world with, um, you know, Tony Toretto and some of the other characters and being a mentor for them. And, and also, you know, he's kind of developing a little bit of a, a little bit of a thing with Miss Nowhere too. So I think that's interesting for Palindrome who's, uh, kind of very, setting his ways on doing things, this character. But then he, you know, and I think Miss Nowhere really drives him insane because she really changes everything on the drop of a dime and she's really smart and very good at what she does, obviously. So she really keeps Palindrome on his toes. And I think that's been a great, great character arc for the Palindrome character to, to become more dimensional with, you know, being a mentor role and then also having a little bit of a, a little bit of a crush, I think, on Miss Nowhere. So it's been it's been fun to explore that. The funnest part for me on this whole thing is uh, speaking a lot of the Russian. Uh, the Russian's been uh, a real interesting uh, dive as an actor too to experiment with um, different character portrayals. So I really I, I love doing the Russian voice on uh, on Spy Racers because even in my own mind it doesn't sound like me. You never sound like you sound like when you do a recording. Like, you hear your voice back and go, oh, that's what I sound like? Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but doing the Russian part, I was like, wow, that actually sounds really cool. Like, that's a cool-sounding character. So it's kind of a flip within a flip. So uh, it's been a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, it's. I, I know we talked the last time you said it was that was a really fun challenge to give yourself. You know, you, you 
learned how to speak a certain way as a wrestler. And then you talked a little bit about having another challenge as commentary, but then learning another language and putting that all together. You said you were having a lot of fun with it. Uh, it also seems like, you know, you, you're having a lot of fun with AEW. You're getting to do a lot of different stuff. Uh, everybody can check you out every week um, on commentary on dark, but uh you know, you're, you're finally getting a chance to go out on the road. Uh, you've had a few weeks to do it now. I know, I know you were back right. in Jacksonville this week, but you've already talked about the difference in AEW's roster, the, the general atmosphere working there. What's it like for you actually getting a chance to experience the live event atmosphere now? Because when you came in, it was Jacksonville. You had some closed set shows, and then gradually fans are coming in, but you're getting a chance to be in front of different markets again, which for some of these people might be a completely different audience than, you know, you got to experience with WWE. Uh, for me, it's a different, it's a different, different feeling altogether. I mean, WWE is this huge production. You know, they've really, they've been doing it a long time. Everybody has their roles. Everybody has their gears, their cog in the wheel of where they fit. And it's this big machine that snowballs and makes things happen. The energy in AEW is completely different. Um, there's people handling multiple roles. There's people in positions doing roles that um, you wouldn't think they would normally be doing. But with that comes an incredible amount of freedom. And it's, for me, for someone that's been around four decades, to see the talent, you know, when we were doing the closed shows with the pandemic and trying to relate these characters and get these storylines over and then sliding into now a live audience where you definitely know how your product's being received, all your messages getting across or your characters getting across or your storylines getting across and to see the overwhelming reception we've had in Texas and Charlotte and then even for homecoming for Jacksonville and then, you know, pretty soon we're coming to Pittsburgh and we've got some shows coming up in Chicago that are already sold out. So to see that audience enthusiasm really gives justification to the energy that everyone is putting in AEW. Um, I like the fact that the characters in AEW are much more authentic. Uh, I, I've said that a lot. Yeah, there's there's a good philosophy to having a structured character, and this is the way we like it presented, and you stand here, and this is where you meet the hard camera, and you have a writer that writes out two paragraphs of the storyline that they would like you to say. Yes, that works. We've seen it work for years. But then to get to the real grassroots of it, the real nuts and bolts of talent becoming talent and being invested in who they are and giving an authentic performance with, here's an idea. This is where we'd like to go. Um please relay that message. And then you go out as a talent and you speak from the heart, you're going to make mistakes. Sure. Everything, you know, when things aren't planned out, A, B, C, D, F, and G, sure. There's going to be mistakes, but at the same time, there's a better comprehension of who you are as a character. And I think the AEW fans really resonate with that on authenticity a lot more than they do in other products. So to see AEW continue to grow and to be a part of it. And I know myself personally, uh, you know, I've been working with, with Tony Khan and, and talking with Cody and stuff like that. We've got some stuff lined up for me, too, to start putting on some boots here pretty soon and start wrestling again, too. So I'm looking forward to to getting a little bit of that AEW audience energy. And, and the main thing is just the freedom, Bill. I mean, <laughs> I'm doing Spy Racer stuff now. I've got a bunch of other projects in the fire I'm working on this year. So I'm able to 
to do my AEW commitment, then also because of my own brand, of my own Paul White brand, now I can continue to develop relationships with, with other brands outside of wrestling to help promote myself and, and do more things I'm interested with voiceover work and more acting and performing and stuff like that. So it's, it's really after four decades of basically being a, a gear and the cog in the machine to having a lot of freedom. Um, it's a wonderful feeling. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. I get to take all the years of training that I've gotten and all the experience that I have. And now I can apply it totally in a way that's fun for me to do. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. And you did just mention it, um, getting to a chance to go to Chicago and, uh, not too many wrestlers have had the chance to wrestle in the United Center, but you're one of them. Uh, I looked this up. Your last, uh, your last uh, match in the United Center was for WCW, and the Rosemont Horizon, the Allstate Arena, has been home to a lot of memorable events since then. But are you like? Do you have like any mem- any specific memories that come to mind about that building? Any advice about? talent getting a chance to work in a new building like that because people speak so highly about working in Chicago and how the fans are and different buildings giving off a different atmosphere. Uh, what's it mean for AEW to get a shot at the United center, like Chicago proper? Well, I mean, this is an incredible opportunity for AEW as a company, but it's an incredible opportunity for these talent. I mean, I think this show sold out at the United center. I think it sold out in under five minutes. Mm-hmm which is pretty friggin' incredible, no matter what, what brand or platform you're running on. Um, how many experiences I have from wrestling all over the world, every area, every city, almost every um, place you wrestle, there are going to be things that are different. You know, fans are, are different in New York than they are in Atlanta, than they are in L.A., than they are in Chicago. So that being said, the only thing you can do is have a real uh, understanding of, of what your storyline is that you're putting together for your match, uh, who your character is, and, and understand that when you perform in front of these passionate crowds like this, um, they're going to bring out a part of your performance that you're not even aware of yet. Um, you're going to feel that anticipation you know, when your music's playing before you walk down the ramp when you pull into the arena and the fans are backstage, there's an energy and a heightness that comes with working in these big cities and these legendary cities like Chicago and New York and LA and stuff like that. So you want to take that energy and use it to your advantage. And uh, this is going to be an incredible experience for a lot of our talent. A lot of our talent has yet to experience uh, a crowd of that magnitude uh, to perform in front of. And those are the kind of experiences that you take as a talent and there's not one single instance that's ever going to really stand out, I don't think. But over years and experience, all those situations add up. And they build confidence in you. They build confidence in your character. And you build that relationship with the audience. So uh, having the opportunity to work in the United Center on an AEW card for our younger talent, um, these are going to be those moments that they're not ever going to forget. There, there's going to be shows that you're going to have that – will inspire you to work harder, that will inspire you to to dig a little bit deeper in your character, dig a little bit deeper in your match psychology. And, uh, you know, I explain to younger kids all the time that out of all the billions of people on this planet, 
You know, you have worked hard, paid dues, made sacrifices, gotten lucky breaks, gotten opportunities, and there's probably only, let's be serious, there's probably really only a hundred out of all the billions of people on this planet, there's probably really only a hundred talents, male and female, that are featured every week on major television networks that actually really move professional wrestling today. Needle movers, people that people talk about their storylines, people talk about their characters. And that unique opportunity is something that you don't sit back on your, on your butt now and say, Oh, I made it. I'm here. No, now's the time you keep working hard and you apply yourself more because this is the moments that define your career. These are the moments that make your character. Uh, these are the, the moments in time to help forge your destiny. So for me, I'm super excited to see. Uh, where a lot of our talent that have worked so hard for so many years to have great relationships with the fans to now get to work on a, in a bigger scale with bigger sold out crowds with crowds that are enthused about your product, people that are excited about the AEW product. So um, for me, a guy that's kind of seen it all and done it all, uh, I'm excited for the, for the younger generation to really uh, take that in and embrace it. And then, you know, Years down the road, they can have old war stories like I have. So there you go. <laughs> uh, one other first they're going to get a chance to do, uh, New York City, Arthur Ashe Stadium's coming up. Um, that right. is such a, a unique venue. Um, the closest I've, I've ever been is I've been to mm -hmm. a Mets game next door, but uh, I'm hoping to get out there for the event um, in September. But there was also a promo that went out uh, you and Mark Henry, you, you teased maybe getting in the ring for that event, and you mentioned it on our call right. just now, but there was a promo photo with you wearing a singlet when uh, Tony Khan was profiled in Forbes. Uh, how, how, how's that itch to get back in the ring? Because it seems like we talk about it more and more and more. So, uh, The itch is definitely there, Bill. Um, one of the things that Tony Khan and I talked about was me um, – really taking my years of experience four decades uh, over four decades of, of competing all over the world with some of the biggest stars that this has ever seen and how do i apply that in the aew environment how do i introduce myself to the aew uh environment because i'm basically even though i've been around a long time i'm also the new kid in town and my thing wasn't to come in right away and start uh taking up tv time um, away from younger talent that really needs this time right now. Sure, come in and help. Uh, sure, come in and create some storylines for our fans to enjoy, but also um, be the most positive impact that I could make for AEW. And I wanted to compete, and that was one of the reasons for making a change from WWE to AEW is I still wanted to be able to compete. And uh, with me starting out in the commentary role, it really gave me a chance to really study our AEW product, study our AEW talent, to become familiar with them. So when I do start putting on my boots real soon, I already kind of have an idea of all the talent that I'm working with and what they're trying, the goals that they're trying to achieve individually. And then I can hopefully take some of my experience and some of my presence and help build on that. And uh, I think it's been a great uh, great opportunity to do the commentary because it's something I've always been interested in doing. Uh, it's definitely where my, I see my career going uh, down the road full-time is doing commentary. But right now I still have the ability and the desire 
to get in the ring and work with uh, some of the younger talents and have some fun. Just show them some stuff on timing and presence and just things that you pick up over time that the easiest way to pass it along is to pass along in the ring under real showtime conditions. So uh, for me, I'm definitely looking forward to now that I built that relationship, I think, with some of the guys and gals backstage that they know that I am there to help, that I'm not just coming in and taking up a lot of cash and a lot of TV time. I'm coming in there to help make the product better. Um, I think we're going to have a lot more fun here in the next few weeks uh, real soon. So right now, I mean, I have, believe it or not, at 49 years old, I have zero complaints in the world. I mean, I'm working for a great company. I'm working for a boss that doesn't micromanage me, and I get a chance to be part of, uh, of a huge Fast and Furious franchise with Spy Racer. That's going great with Netflix and a lot more opportunities kicking up. So, um, you know, uh, everything in life happens for a reason. So you move forward and you make positive choices and uh, hopefully you get positive outcomes. You know, so right now everything's, uh, the uh, steal a Fast and Furious term, everything's firing on all cylinders. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Uh, yeah. The, so, I mean, the reason I asked was that, that photo, uh, you showed off some ring gear in there and it was kind of like, people were like, all right, yeah, that's a great profile. And, oh wait, is that Paul in there? Like, is that his ring gear? So, I mean, is that what you're going to wear for your eventual debut? Uh, it's funny. I've changed my ring gear three times since then, Bill. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm trying, I get, this is the first time, this is the first time and I don't know how many years where I kind of get to uh, reinvent myself a little bit. Um, you know, trying to find, uh, updated gear. That's not so much, uh, retro, the same gear that we've seen me in for years and years and years, uh, stuff that's more appealing for toy manufacturing, for merchandising and branding, uh, trying to experience all that and just finding a, a new look, that encompasses uh, who Paul White is. So it's a discovery process right now. Uh, I've changed my gear twice since that picture. Uh, I'm driving the photo guys nuts today, EW, because <laughs> kind of find something I like it and change my mind. So uh, this is uh, this is the first time in, geez, I don't know, I guess back to Dungeon of Doom since I've had the chance to really figure out, um, well, this is what I'm going to look like. This is how I'm going to perform. This is what I'll be comfortable in performing in. So, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're still experimenting and still having fun with it. I think I've got it narrowed down now. So, uh, um, we've got some, uh, uh, some good options out there for a different look. So, you know, we want new, new merchandise that doesn't look like the old big show character. We want a new look that doesn't look like the old big show character. So, um, or the old giant character. So hopefully this, uh, new look will, uh, breathe in a little bit of life and, uh, let everyone know that it's though it's the same person on the inside. There's a, there's a lot of new things. Uh, there's a new paint job. So we're ready to rock and roll. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say, if you can't figure it out, uh, you could always wear your hot boy summer shirt, but it sounds like you have a solid plan going. My hot boy summer shirt. Well, it's funny. The hot boy summer shirt all came up with, uh, with Nemeth and uh, Ryan and those guys. And uh, I like what they do for setting themselves apart and their characters and their, their goofiness. And, uh, and the whole, the whole thing with that was, is, uh, um, we were playing, uh, cards cause I like to play a lot of cards. And I said, I tell you what, if you guys win, I'll wear your damn t-shirt on, on, uh, elevation. So, um, now as soon as I say that, then my hands started going downhill real fast. So, uh, you know, whether, 
Brother Pretty Peter is a, is a side uh, card shark dealer who started dealing me some pretty bad hands. I don't know, but uh, man of my word, I wore the shirt, so there you go. The only the only way my gear would change anymore is uh, if we can get the rights to Captain Insano, then I'm, I will bust out the full Captain Insano gear at some point. So well, we're still working on that, playing with that down the road. So. There you go. Something... Hold your breath, but Captain Zeno might make an appearance in AEW soon, <laughs> brother. Something to look forward to, but uh, it, it, what the story you just shared is a, a, another way that you're helping give back to today's stars, uh, even just by putting them over like That's that. It. So, you know, I, I look forward to seeing what you have planned for yourself in AEW, whether it's in the ring or on the mic. You guys can check. <laughs> Paul out every week on AEW Dark Elevation. Uh, and you can check him out uh, starting August 13th. It's Fast and Furious Spy Racer's new season. Uh, he plays Palindrome. So plenty of opportunities to get to know him and wait and see what he has next. Yeah, you got to check Palindrome out. He's got a beautiful, luxurious head of hair. So Absolutely. big, big kudos <laughs> to the, uh, the art guys on fast and furious spy racers. You know, I was teasing them. I said, Hey, you know, this palindrome guy should have some really luxurious hair. And, uh, they went above and beyond to make one of the coolest, uh, animation series out there for the technology that they put into it. And I got to say that palindrome has beautiful, beautiful hair. Like palindrome should have his own shampoo endorsement. His hair is so good. So, just saying. Personal you, opinion. There you I go. Mean, maybe the, the next time <laughs> when season six rolls around, we might have a merchandise deal to talk about. So there you go. That's it. Palindrome right. might have to do a small plug for uh, for shampoo there. That would be good. Go. 